The Rose Journal podcast is created for adult audiences only. Our show notes contain content warnings and other helpful info. As an extra heads up, This episode involves discussion of depression and self-harm. We do our best to hold these topics with intention and sincerity, and we hope you'll join us whenever you feel ready and able. Welcome to the Rose Journal Podcast. My name is Rachel Olivia. Basically, I've been thinking about doing this podcast for a while now. The main reason why I wanted to do this podcast is because I experienced a lot of suffering that led me to become riddled with depression and PTSD and self-loathing. And I was able to come out of that. I want to really share that whole experience with everyone and teach them that there is a way to be happy that doesn't require you to buy a whole bunch of self-help books or spend a ton of money on therapy and stuff. Although I will suggest if you need therapy or if you feel like you need to talk to someone, definitely go to a therapist. Basically, I want to show people how to be happy and I want to show people that there is a better way to live. So welcome I hope you enjoy this journey. I know I'm going to enjoy this journey. This was a really hard and arduous journey for me. And I really want to show people the right way to do things and not have to learn the hard way like I did. Would you like a mug or maybe even a sticker to put on your laptop? Well, guess what? You can get one that has our logo the rose journal podcast on it and then you can show all of your friends how enlightened you are check out our patreon at patreon.com slash the rose journal podcast all one word every time you support our podcast i will put 10 percent of the proceeds towards ptsd awareness Thank you so much for everything that you do in order to make sure that this is a possibility. So let me tell you a little bit about myself. When I was a little girl, I used to live a very normal life. My mother was on medication for her bipolar disorder. We would have dinners every night like a normal family. My mom would help me with school. Everything was normal. Well, somewhere along the way, she got into a car accident and she ended up getting addicted to painkillers. And then she basically... She lost her job, she got addicted to other drugs, and then she ended up kind of spiraling out. And that's based, that's the first year that I remember things were not going to be normal anymore. And I remember being so angry about that. So she would go into these fits of rage. She had a really hard time with regulating her emotions. Essentially, she would lose her mind if me or my sister stepped out of line way more than any parent probably should. We watched my mom spiral out of control and turn into a raging alcoholic. 
and she was angry at the world. Everything that she experienced was always something that was against her. The world was against her. She didn't handle it very well. She ended up just neglecting us pretty much. She ended up spending a lot of time sleeping or doing drugs. Uh, there were times where we were able to drink alcohol with her. I mean, we the list goes on. Uh, there was some physical abuse, but um, you know, that's not what this story is about. We moved to an area that wasn't where I grew up. I started working at Taco Bell and I met this guy who became familiar with my mother. He started selling her drugs. And then he ended up moving into our house. And he and I started dating. Well, this guy and I, and I'm 16, he was 24. He basically was very abusive towards me. And I didn't realize it at the time that what we were doing wasn't love. It was, uh... It was, I don't know what it was, but basically he, he was kind of abusive. There were times where we would get into fights and then I would have to push him off of me or defend myself. And it wasn't exactly the greatest relationship or the highest point of my life. Uh, well, eventually he, he raped me and my mom was you know, whacked out of her mind in her room most of the time. So she never knew what was going on. But he told me one time that he really wanted to do anal. And I told him a million times, I said, no, I don't want to do that. That's not something that I'm interested in doing. I feel like it would be painful. And that's where that should have stopped. But he wouldn't stop. He was very persistent. And eventually he kind of wore me down. And I told him, I said, fine, here are the conditions. And I said, if you penetrate me and it's painful, I want you to stop. I'm going to tell you no, and you need to get off of me immediately. And he agreed. He entered, and it was painful, and I was crying out, asking him to stop. And every time that I cried out, asking him to stop, he would push a little bit deeper, push a little bit harder. He held me down. And I just remember spending so many years being haunted by those memories and closing my eyes remembering that I was back in that room that I could smell the Vaseline lotion that he used or feel the whenever I went to the bathroom feel the blood come out of me it it's kind of debilitating being trapped inside of your mind with these memories that you know are in the past but as far as you're concerned, because your brain is dredging these things up for you, you're back in that moment, in that traumatic moment, and it leaves an imprint on your psyche. Well, some time went by, a miscarriage happened, um, I ended up in a halfway house, and I moved in with my grandmother and completely turned my life around with ballroom dancing. She, she turned me into like an A and B student. I broke up with this terrible guy and uh, it was a really crazy breakup. Like I said, I was left with emotional scars from him as well as physical ones. I was 
doing the ballroom thing for a while, I was really into it. I remember thinking like, I don't even want to go to college. I just want to be a dance teacher. And then I met this guy. He didn't like that I was dancing with other people, but in the beginning, he didn't really tell me what I could and couldn't do. He just made it very clear that it wasn't okay with him. Eventually, I ended up encouraging him to join the military because he mentioned to me that that was something that he wanted to do. And I told him I would put my dream on pause for him and I would travel with him. So he went and joined the military and I quit ballroom and I was hoping that at some point we would be in some place where I could start it back up again. So time passed a little bit. We got married because he joined the military and we didn't want to be apart. And um, we had kids almost immediately. Then things started to get a little sour when we were at our first duty station in Louisiana. Uh, We would have more and more volatile fights. I would end up pulling a gun on him at one point because he wouldn't stop coming after me after an argument over something really stupid that was probably like, I don't know, taking out the trash or helping me with the kids or something like that. It was the worst marriage that I think any human should ever have to deal with. And I'm sure that's not true. I'm sure there's plenty worse marriages, but I just remember thinking I'm doing everything for this man And I would say, you know, at least he's loyal to me. He loves me. He tells me he loves me. But I just wasn't focusing on the actual real thing that I should be focusing on, which is actions speak louder than words. And he would come home from work and say, I'm tired and spend the entire time that he was awake playing video games, leaving me with the kids, leaving me with the house, leaving me with the finances to take care of. He literally would just go to work and play video games. His only job was to take out the trash and he didn't even do that. So, um, I would get fed up and he would ruin holidays and stuff like that. And turns out that I found out that he's a textbook narcissist after we got a divorce. Um, So I spent a lot of time after the divorce really hating myself for wasting so much time with him and allowing two different people to abuse me. And I started searching for something that was completely opposite of what I was going for because I was like, well, I keep going for the same person and I don't know why it keeps happening. So I... I went for somebody that was completely opposite, very scrawny, tiny guy who was very sweet, treated me very lovingly, very, very kind. Um, But it just wasn't what I should have been focusing on. I should have been focusing on my recovery. And I was really torn the entire time that I was in this relationship with this guy because I was still living in my shitty marriage and I was still living in that room when I told him no and he kept going and I was still living in the past with my parents and my grandmother and all these things that you know compile in a person's life these shitty parts of your life that compile and you just you fixate on them 
so I basically um, spiraled a little bit myself. I started drinking a little bit more heavily. Uh, I was really depressed and I didn't know why I was so depressed. And then uh, we went through quarantine together. And you know, quarantine was such a good thing for so many couples. <laughs> um, we spent a lot of time together and he spent a lot of time trying not to spend time with me and I realized that this wasn't the relationship that I wanted and I realized this wasn't the life that I wanted. So we spent a lot of time in quarantine and you know, you come up with things that are interesting to do when you don't have kids around and you're going bored out of your mind. So he grew some mushrooms. Now, what I'm about to tell you guys about this mushroom experience, keep in mind, I have PTSD. I have been diagnosed with PTSD. I've struggled with the flashbacks and the medical issues that come along with it. And let me tell you, it is no cakewalk. When you go into a hallucinogenic experience with your mind not 100%, Let's just face it, you're going to have a rough time. So, I mean, I've done mushrooms before in the past, and I remember them being so superficial. But in this particular case, he grew the mushrooms from a science kit, and I didn't have a scale, and I was not in a good mood that day. And I pulled out about a handful of mushrooms and I said this looks like about right what you're supposed to take <laughs> which is not what you should do so um we ended up taking the mushrooms way too much of what we should have been taking good thing you cannot uh overdose on mushrooms so that's good well, time passed. I was doing my activity. He was doing his activity. He wanted to lay down and, you know, close his eyes and listen to music. And I wanted to go on a nature walk. So I went on a nature walk and I remember seeing these arrows in the grass taking me back to the house. And when I got back to the house, I saw him hanging on the door and it looked like he was holding onto the door like it was holding him up. And he looked like he had just puked. And I thought, oh, geez, this guy is having a bad time. And uh, I go, are you okay? And he says, uh, he says to me, we're not supposed to be here. And I think we took too much. And I said, oh, okay. And in that moment, I was hurled into this kind of like whirlwind. It was almost, the way I would describe it is almost like, um, that carnival ride where you're sitting down in the seat and your booth is suspended and you're gonna go spinning around and around and around and then this booth moves around and around and around and you're switching places with other people so it was like akin to that experience at a carnival and I just remember feeling so ridiculously dizzy um and then when I came out of that dizzy spell um at some point when I was going through it I saw the timeline of the day 
in this ginormous circle and it was like the carnival ride that I was in was this ginormous circle and it was kind of like Game of Thrones like the beginning of Game of Thrones that big orb of light that goes in the middle and there's these golden bands that go around and I saw this ginormous orb of light in the middle and um, then I was back in the house and I was pulled up from the earth and then I was pulling back in the solar system and I could see planets pass me and then eventually panned out and I could see galaxies and then I could see the universe and the universe what I would describe that as is this ginormous crude butterfly it looks like almost like this big bang just pulled these things push these things apart and it's all of these galaxies that are surrounding these black holes um and it was just such a beautiful sight seeing all of the sparkling lights and everything coming down into the singularity. Now, I am very into science. I know what happened to me was a hallucination, but here's the part that really kicked me off into the real healing that I did. So when I was pulled back, I was pulled into this ginormous white light the orb that I saw when I was circling and this ginormous white light enveloped me and I became a part of it. I felt like I could feel the universe's sorrow and there were moments where I was bawling, just sobbing. I was so sad and I could feel everybody's sadness and then there was a moment where I could feel everybody's happiness and joy. And I was laughing like a maniac. Um, and then there was this moment where I was being, it was almost like I was having an orgasm by this ginormous being of light. And then the being of light kind of pushed me back into this loop. Um, and I felt like I was reliving the day over and over and over again, just watching it kind of from outside of my body, but watching it happen over and over and over again, like this fourth dimensional being. And I remember thinking nothing matters anymore and thinking that, um, I never going to get out of this loop. I might as well just kill myself. And that's when, when I was going for the gun, that's when it snapped me back out. And I just remember laying down in bed and feeling completely worthless, feeling completely helpless, feeling like everything was and it wasn't. And there were so many dualities wrestling in my brain, feeling like I knew everything that I was connected to the world and that none of it mattered because I was back in this shell of an existence watching Netflix and not having any real purpose in life. So needless to say, <laughs> that was a rough trip for me. Um, I was really hurled into a depression. My kids saw some things from me that, you know, I probably wouldn't like to admit that they saw where, you know, I'm hugging a toilet, praying praying to stop existing because I can't, I can't rationalize 
reality with what I experienced. So I kind of had like this break in reality and I walked around. I remember feeling like so numb and feeling like I didn't really have a place to go or wherever I wanted to go. I wasn't sure of where I was going to go. I felt lost and I spent a lot of time thinking nothing matters. And then I said to myself, if nothing matters, and this is can be really uplifting, guys. If, if nothing matters, then I could just shoot myself right now. At some point, my kids would get over their grieving process. They would miss me, but they would get over it and you know things would move on the world would keep turning and eventually nobody would remember anything because we'd all just be dust in the sun so I was really depressed about that so this leads me to the uplifting message and ultimately what I came to and this is the first thing that I really want people to understand because if you can't learn how to be happy then really what are you doing in life so essentially what I want people to understand is that nothing does matter that one day nobody's going to remember any of this and that you're here on this earth there's really no meaning to it the only meaning that exists is the meaning that we give so the meaning of life is kind of worthless if you think about it which means that all of the things that we get hung up on all of the things that we say we're not going to do because we're not in a place that we need to do them all the relationships we skirt off to the side and say you know this doesn't serve me even though we know we really enjoy being in that relationship and that's not to say if you're in an abusive relationship you should definitely leave it if you're in an abusive relationship what it means what nothing matters means is that you can live your life how you want to live it And all of the times that you sit here and you think, well, Karen thinks that this is wrong because blah, blah, blah. Well, fuck Karen, you know? I am a firm believer that every human being is put on this earth to experience life. And life, if you look at it, really, really look at it. Look at the the way that the world that we live in, the the magic of the fact that we're this we're this species that developed from an amoeba on a planet that's literally in like I don't know, it's something like a ten mile radius or something like that that is habitable in our solar system based on our sun and how hot it goes. And we're in this period of history where we're far away from the Big Bang. So there's no volcanoes. We're not like in dinosaur times where the world was changing drastically every five seconds um, or even before that. And we're not in the ending phase where the sun is about to die or where we're about to, well, who knows? We might clash with some asteroid or something. Who knows what's going to happen? But the point is, is that at some point, all of the shit that we sit here and we're like, I want to make a name for myself. I want to hoard money. I want to do this. I want to do that or whatever like that. And like, you have to sit here and ask yourself, like, what is it that you truly want? Like, 
think about that child inside that said like back in the day, I want to be an actress or I want to be a firefighter. Think about the thing that it might not be the same thing. You, I mean, people change throughout life and that's okay. Say that you were an engineer, you know, and you spent your whole college you know, paying money to learn how to be an engineer. And then you all of a sudden decide that, you know what, you don't want to be an engineer anymore. You want to run a business or you want to open a restaurant or something like that. Like, why do we sit here and we let people say like, oh, you're an engineer, you're in a good job, you should keep being an engineer and then let that keep you from doing what it is that you really, really desire to do, you know? So that's what nothing matters means. It means go out, seek out what you want your purpose to be. Make meaning in life. And then the other side of that coin is the only things that matter in the world really are the things that matter to us. So if your kid matters to you, if your spouse matters to you, if your job matters to you, if your hobby matters to you, then you should work to keep that in your life. You have to, you have a responsibility to yourself to plan out the way that you want to live your life. And if that's going to be to make the world a better place, then that's, that's a beautiful thing. And if you're just deciding that you want to think, oh, it's us versus them and the world is out to get me, then you're going to have a lot of suffering. Life is suffering. But here's the thing that really helps me focus on being in the now. (laughs) Um, Essentially, the past and the future don't exist. Really think about it. The past is a collection of memories. We have evidence of it, but there's really going to be no way for us as three-dimensional beings to be able to travel back in the past. There's no way for you to really say what did or didn't happen. As far as you know, the past doesn't exist. The future doesn't exist. The future could be completely different from what you expect it to be. People plan out futures for themselves. From the time that we're born, we plan. We plan for school. We plan for our uh, careers. We plan for our relationships. We plan for our children and our family. We plan for our retirement. We even plan for our death if we're lucky enough. And all we do in our lives is really plan, plan, plan for the future. But think about how many times that you planned for something in the future and it actually went exactly the way that you expected it to go. I mean, be honest with yourself. Not every plan in the future is going to go the way that we expect it to go. You could go to a tarot card reader or to a psychic if you believe in that. And you can sit there and have them tell you what's going to happen in the future. And I'm sure you have some friend that has some story about how a psychic told them something about that was going to happen in the future. But let me tell you something about the future. It's not determined. We are not... We're not designed to know what's going to happen in the future. So what does that leave us with? All that leaves us with is the present. So if you're thinking about it, right now when I'm talking, I'm very present about what it is that I'm talking about. Because 
right now this is what's happening. I can't focus on what happened in the past to me because it doesn't exist anymore. It doesn't hold power over me anymore. And that is the key to letting go of your anger, your rage, your PTSD, your depression. I understand if you have a chemical imbalance and you need to be medicated for that. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about people who are stuck in this rut of self-loathing, who think, woe is me, woe is me. There are people who are riddled with leukemia out there who are getting their hair chopped off, having their teeth fall out and their, their fingernails fall out, and they have a better attitude than half of the people that I see in, the, in America who say, everything's wrong, woe is me, my job sucks, I don't make enough money. And those may be true facts. But the simple thing is, is that pain is going to be inevitable. You can't stop pain from happening. What you can stop is being miserable. You can stop dwelling and living in something that doesn't exist and focus on what's happening now. It's important to plan for the future and look forward and have a place that you're going and a goal. But it's also important to understand that things can change your priorities can shift on a whim. You may meet somebody brand new and decide that you no longer want to live in Iowa and you want to go have children in France. Nobody knows what's going to happen next. So it's so important to focus on what's happening now. Make sure that you're doing everything in your power to design your life the way that you want it to be and to design your happiness the way that you need it to be and to let go of all of the terrible things that happened to you in the past. If you're feeling depressed, feeling like you have suicidal thoughts, like the world is overwhelming and you need to chat with someone or you feel like you're about to do something that you know you're going to regret, please don't hesitate to email me at the Rose Journal Podcast at gmail.com or please call the suicide hotline. The number is 1-800-273-8255. Your life is so precious and there's so many amazing things that are waiting for you to experience them. Please don't let your mental illness get in the way of your happiness. You are not your mental illness. Again, the Suicide Prevention Lifeline is 800-273-8255. They're available 24 hours and in English and Spanish.